Amen. The Bible says, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. <laughs> Amen. That was in the Psalms. I just read it, I think, a couple of days ago, and it was in a little children's uh, CD that we have, and it says, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. And so, anyway, so sometimes when you sing songs and you don't even realize they're in the Bible, amen, but the Psalms tells us to clap our hands, to shout unto God with the voice of triumph, amen. We are triumphant church this morning, amen. We are triumphant Christians over the world, the flesh, and the devil. We have the victory in Jesus' name, amen. And I've just come to say something to all the <laughs> doubters, all the haters, all the powders, all the... Uh, Democrats, all the <laughs> news media, you know, the Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Amen. And whether they want to act religious or not, we all know people like that, <laughs> whether they want to go to church at a whatever, first Baptist church on a Sunday morning or something like that, or not, <laughs> in their heart, they don't believe there's a God. Amen. I'm not saying everybody, of course, but many people Whoever it is, President Biden on down to somebody, your next door neighbor or your cousin or your uncle or whoever. Not calling anybody out, but the the Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Amen. And what I'm saying is that they're going to know one day soon. Amen. Either they're going to wake up in hell, which is a terrible thought, but it's true, <laughs> or Jesus is coming back. Amen. So no matter what happens, this is a big, big, big year, 2024, with the elections for our country, for our freedoms. You know, they've been doing this January 6th uh, narrative for three years now, and so they celebrated it uh, Saturday, yesterday, uh, January 6th thing, you know, um, just say President Trump's not an insurrectionist. <laughs> that wasn't an insurrection. If you watch the videos, but we need to pray for this country. Amen. Is it may go down or it may not, but we need to pray and fight for this country for this year to stand up for our freedoms and what we believe in for this last ditch effort <laughs> to save our country, to save our nation, to get President Trump or whomever, get a conservative back in the White House, amen, to take over uh, all the crazy news media and all the crazy stuff that's going on in Washington. We need to fight for our freedom this year, amen. And the reason is, you know what the reason is? <laughs> the reason is because if the liberals had their way, I wouldn't be standing up here, <laughs> Pastor Thomas wouldn't be standing up here <laughs> preaching <laughs> through the cameras, through Facebook, through the internet, because we would be banned. We would be banned. They do not want any preaching against sin. Amen. And you can't preach the gospel if you don't speak about sin, if you don't preach against sin. And the reason is... <laughs> Because if you think there's no sin and you think you're not a sinner, you can't be saved. Amen. Nobody's perfect. The Bible says no one is good. God looked down from heaven and saw that no one is good. Nobody's perfect. But we must preach against sin. Amen. From this pulpit, from this church, from this country, sending out missionaries around the world, we have to preach against sin 
And if the wrong people get in office and the wrong people get elected and we turn to socialism and communism, we won't be able to preach anymore about sin. And it's serious. I've read lots of books about communism and all that kind of stuff. It's serious. And it's going to, persecution's going to get worse. I've taken too long this morning, <laughs> but I love y'all. I hope everybody had a great Christmas and New Year's, and let's come and clap our hands and worship the Lord this morning. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord God. We come to you right here, God, in Athens, Tennessee, God, from Family Worship Center. We pray that you bless this church, that you bless your people this morning, God. Please provide for all of our needs, God, whether it's financial, domestic, physical, spiritual, God, mental, Lord Jesus, emotional, whatever we need, Lord Jesus, provide um, friends, provide jobs, provide money, provide a spouse, if that's what somebody needs, a child, if that's what somebody needs, get lost children saved, Lord Jesus, bring in the lost sheep, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will do that this morning as we preach, God, against sin, and we preach that hell is bad and heaven is good, that there's a devil and there's the Lord God Almighty, Lord Jesus, that's coming back to save us from all of our sins. We put our trust in you. You will save us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, for this day and this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh, but amazing grace, how sweet. 
Because Jesus crushed his head and set me free. And my chains are broken, now I have new life. You know I'm free to sing and shout and testify. Oh, when I think of all the Lord has done for me. Oh, my soul cries out, I have the victory. And I've got the Holy Ghost. Crush his head and set me free. And my chains are broken. Now I have new life. Well, I'm free to sing and shout and testify. When I think of all the Lord has done for me. Well, my soul cries out. I have the victory. And I've got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Do you have the victory this morning? Well, we're going to see how much victory you got. We're going to take up the offering. Amen. We're going to see how much victory you got. You want us to know how much the Christian understands forgiveness and deliverance and being made right with God? Watch them give. 
or not give. Listen, Malachi chapter 3 says, Will a man rob God? Y'all have heard this many times. Very rarely do we read it here, but I felt this morning I need to read it to remind everybody and people watching. Will a man rob God? How can you rob God? He has everything. Well, there is a way you can rob God. Israel did it. Christians do it. The world does it for sure. But you say, wherein have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are a curse with a curse. Listen, some of you watching, listen. If you don't give to the work of God, if you don't give to a church where the gospel is preached, listen, everything you own, everything you touch is going to fall to pieces. And I know what the Bible says, it rains on the just and the unjust. We all experience problems, but, you know, I'd rather deal with a washing machine breaking down maybe once in 10 years or a car problem once in three or four years than all the time. Come on, y'all. Y'all know some of them people. All, oh, you let me tell you what happened yesterday. Let me tell you what happened today. Let, man, I, it just, I, 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 it's always me. Are you giving to the work of God? Simple question. Do you tithe? Do you give to the work of God? Will a man rob God? He said, yes, you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. And he said, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. Your giving helps to sustain us to give the meat of the Word of God to you and to people through the Internet. It helps to pay the bills. It helps to take care of things so that the work of God can be sustained so somebody else can get fed. Amen? That's what it's about. He said, Bring it into the storehouse and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you shall not have room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer, devourer for your sakes, and you shall he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast in her fruit before the time or in the field, said the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, says the Lord. And I know there are people out there that say, that's in the Old Testament. We ain't under the law. You prove to me where tithing is. And let me tell you something. If you're that kind of person, you got a heart problem. You're stingy. You don't want to give back to God. You don't care about the word. Anybody that's got to argue about, it. well, you prove that to me from the Bible that, that we're supposed to give. You got a heart problem. Your problem is you think that the world supplies your needs. You think that it's your job that takes care of you. You think that it's somebody else providing your living. If you don't understand this, you can find it out. God can strip everything out from under you. Your job, your home, your car, your everything to show you your boss ain't the one in control of your life. The Lord is in control of your life. He did it to Israel church and he, and I'm not saying this to sound threatening. I'm telling Christians, you need to give. 
Open up and let go. You watching through the internet. Some of you have been watching who knows how long, but you never give anything. And everything's torn up around you. It's always messed up and you're saved. You say you are. Give to the work of the Lord. And you know what? God will bless you. Been doing it for 24 years. Ain't about to stop now. It works. God takes care of his children. And I don't frown and look like a clown and get mad when somebody asks me, do you want to give to the work of the Lord? When if I've got it, I say, praise the Lord. I'm happy to give. Amen. So trust the Lord today. And if you're one of those people who does not give, the Scripture said, the Lord said, prove me. Put me to the test. You open up and let go of it, and you watch and see if I won't open the windows of heaven, and I'll provide what you need. And you'll find out your boss ain't in control. I'm in control. Your job don't meet your needs. I meet your needs. Amen. We've seen the Lord do it over and over. We'll take a little and turn it into a lot and sustain us. Amen. So don't get, don't stop giving now for those of you that don't give. Put God to the test today. Go on the Internet and donate for the first time and see if the Lord don't do something for you. I expect to hear a testimony from somebody that's never given anything, who's down right now, and you can barely make it with not enough money to pay your bills. Put God to the test today, and don't don't expect anything. Just give it and let it go, and I'll guarantee you there'll be a testimony come from your life soon and very soon. You'll say, man, I, let me tell you what happened, and I can tell you, look what the Lord did. Amen? So give this morning. You got the victory? Give this morning, amen, because we need to reach other people with the gospel. We're going to pray. If you need prayer this morning as we go to pray, as you know, we're always, we ask everybody, if you want to, come, take a few minutes. We've got people that are sick, people that are dealing with issues that, the, that only the Lord can handle, only the Lord can fix. You know, doctors can do so much, but God can go way beyond a doctor. Amen. So we need to pray for people, pray that God will touch people, people that need a touch physically that the Lord will touch them right where they are. You can't make it to church, but the Lord makes it right where you are, and he'll touch you. So if that's you, lift your hands right now. As we go into this part of the service, this this is your church. Be a part of your church right there through that phone and that camera. Lift your hands. Go to the Lord. Ask God to touch you. Ask him to heal you. Don't depend on everybody else to do it for you. You go to the Lord. And you'll be amazed at what God will do at times. You'll say, my Lord, I got, I've got access to God. I don't have to have somebody lay hands on me every single time. But if you need it this morning, come and we'll pray for you. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you to have your way this morning. We ask you to touch people today. We ask you to move by your spirit. And, Lord, I ask, God, that you reach out to those that are sick right now through the Internet, whoever they are, wherever they are, that you go where they are, that you would heal them, that you would touch them, that you would give strength in their bodies, God, that you would drive every sickness away, that you would 
move throughout their body, Lord, that you would give them strength, God, give them boldness, give them courage to come to you this morning, Lord, without any fear and without any condemnation, but come through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you today that we've got a great high priest who's already gone into the heavens for us because the work on the cross is finished. And we have access to you today, God, through the blood of your Son. We ask you to touch people today, heal them, and speak to people through the Internet today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Oh! 
morning. It's the blood. Oh, it reaches to the highest mountain. I know that it flows and it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, it's the blood that will give you your strength. opened up to set the stage for what the Lord gave me to preach. Amen. Amen. It can set you free. It's the blood. The power of the cross is real. Amen. And you can feel it. As I said Wednesday night, I don't have to have a book or maybe last Sunday or a movie to reveal to me what Jesus did. I got the Bible and I got the Holy Spirit. Amen. Got revelation. If he can't reveal it to you, you can, you won't get it. If the Holy Spirit can't, don't reveal it to you in the spiritual sense. You don't really understand it. But when he shows it to you, he makes it so real. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, go to Romans chapter 8. 
I thought I was preaching something else this morning and then yesterday the Lord strongly changed it. And tonight I may be ministering on what I was going to minister on this morning, so we'll just see. Romans chapter 8 this morning, as I said, I, I was strongly felt this to go here. Romans chapter 8. Verse going to start at verse 1. The Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. We'll stop right there and we'll pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the blood today. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord, that helps us to understand the things that we need to understand. Without it, Lord, we wouldn't understand very much about the things of God, Lord. And we thank you today that we have a Bible. We have your written word, Lord, that we can eat it. We can chew on it. We can digest it. We can learn it. We can understand it, Lord. And I pray today that your spirit would make it real to us today, to those watching through the camera this morning. Lord, we pray that you would move, that you would touch people. Lord, I felt strongly that you led me here. And Lord, I believe that people are going to have their eyes open. I believe that people are going to be blessed today. People are going to be set free today. They're going to experience deliverance. They're going to experience the freedom that they need to experience, Lord. And I ask you today, God, that you bind every enemy, bind the works of Satan that try to hinder your people, God, from receiving your word, Lord, that we would not, we would not fall into the trap, as the parable said, of allowing the evil one to steal from us what you desire to plant in our soul and in our spirit this morning. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that good things are coming. I thank you that we're on the verge of a breakthrough. We're on the verge of something powerful happening lord in these days ahead i feel it in my spirit god i know god that you're going to turn some things around you're going to move for us you're going to set people free you're going to save people you're going to deliver people and lord you're going to have the last say not the devil but you will have the last say before you send your son to get the church lord and we thank you that, Lord, we're going to go out of here victorious when the time comes, not defeated, but victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, anoint your word this morning. Touch people today that are watching, Lord, who will watch it later, that you make it plain to them, that you make it real to them, and that you help them to understand what it is, Lord, that you are saying in these last days. And, Lord, we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In fact, the title this morning, this message, if I had one, we don't really put titles on stuff a whole lot these days because it doesn't matter if you do or don't, but the title of the 
came to me was this, the answer to your struggle. The answer to your struggle. Well, who are you talking to? <laughs> you know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to them struggling Christians that are being defeated by powers of darkness that are being led down a wrong path as it regards having victory in their life over sin and the works of the devil and understanding how to live this Christian life. Listen, right here and right now. This came to me again this morning. Listen, the rapture is coming. We don't know when. I want Jesus to come as much as anybody else, but you know what? There's another side of that that's reality. What if we're here for another 20 years? What I'm supposed to live my life and prepare for here and now, you know, when we get to heaven, we're not going to need all of what we're trying to preach. You ain't going to need this. But as long as you're here in this earth, in this mortal fleshly body, with a devil and temptation and a sin nature that is really supposed to be broken, you're going to have to know how to live your life right here and right now until Jesus comes. I know a lot of Christians, they don't really care to hear about this, Miss Grace. Well, why are you always talking about it? Because I'm going to tell you something. I still see the need right here 24 years later just as much as I did when I got saved. I still see the need to make sure that I stay on the straight and narrow and live my life according to the Word of God, because if I don't, I can stray. If I don't, I can go in the wrong direction. If I don't, the devil can get a hold of me, and he can dominate me in areas of my life that I don't need to be dominated in, and God's people are being dominated all over the world. Christians are being dominated. They ain't going to come out and tell you, but behind closed doors, they're struggling, they're battling, they're fighting, they love God they've really been saved but they're battling depression they're battling oppression they're up one day down the next day struggling with pornography struggling with this and and struggling with that and they find themselves in the same place where Paul found himself not wanting to do the things they're doing but they have no power to stop it within themselves and you don't either none of us do You can't save yourself, you can't free yourself, and you can't change yourself. When's the church going to learn that? And the need, need, so if the Lord tarries, we have to plan for this. We have to plan for this. I want Jesus to come. I'd be happy right now if he just came and took us all and we just left here right now. Be fine with me. But if he don't, I gotta help somebody to learn how to live this thing out and walk it out until he does come. You can't be thinking about just the future, the rapture, the rapture, right? That's good. But you gotta think about here and now too. And people need to know what to do. How to overcome the things that they're struggling with. Look, kicking somebody out when you find out they did wrong, that ain't the answer. You got, look, misunderstand me. Everybody's different. Some things you deal with that are different than others, but 
if somebody is struggling, if they're being overcome by sin and they don't want to be. Let's stop there. They don't want to be. I said they don't want to be. Then you have the opportunity to give them the answer. Or do you? Come on, church. Family worship center. You, we don't keep this within the four walls of the church. You don't just depend on me to preach this to you. You gotta have this. You gotta live this. You gotta be able to give this to somebody. So you gotta have it revealed to you yourself. You can't live off somebody else's revelation. It's gotta be made real to you so that you be able to help that struggling Christian that's being dominated by the powers of darkness that you have the answer for them so they could come out of it. <laughs> because Jesus didn't die to leave us in bondage. He didn't die to leave you in misery. He didn't die for you to be up one day, down the next, in and out, and wishy-washy and unstable. He died to give you victory, praise God, and constant victory. Even in the midst of your trials and tribulations, you can have a peace, you can have a joy, you can maintain your freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. And so... Who do we look to as an example for this? We look to the Apostle Paul. The man who understood this better probably than anybody of his day. Because he himself found himself after he was saved. After he had a glorious encounter on the road to Damascus... And the Holy Ghost got a hold of him and changed his hard heart, took a murdering spirit and put love in it, and gave him a desire for the love of souls, the love of Jesus Christ, the one he said he hated, the name I hated, I now find myself preaching him because I found out something that those other people that had been following him, they were not wrong. They were right when they told me when I heard that he is the Son of God. We saw him. He was crucified. He was buried. And three days later, he rose up from the dead I didn't believe that I would not accept that but when I met him myself on the road to Damascus and he knocked me to the ground he changed my sinful heart he got a hold of it and he put love down in my soul so now when I'm going to Damascus I'm not going to kill anybody I'm going to tell them that Jesus is the son of God he did die on the cross and he did raised from the dead and he did it to save you but not just to save you deliver you I want to tell you something family worship center and I'm going to say it right now every person sitting in this pew you better listen to this and you better take this serious because if you don't when temptation comes to your door when you get hit, when your family falls apart, when the devil comes knocking because you're going to be tested, you better know what you're hearing. Because if you don't, 
you're going to fail. You're going to miss it. You're going to mess up. You're going to do the wrong thing. And if you're not careful, you'll just get further and further away. You see, this is why the message of the cross don't win you a bunch of friends. Some of you, I've heard you state it. They mock at you. They mock at you because you come to this church. They laugh at you. They think you're stupid. But I want to tell you something. It ain't about this church. It's about the one we preach. That's the one they're mocking at. That's the one they're laughing. Look, they're laughing at the very thing that can change their sin-filled black heart. People are laughing and mocking at the very thing that can set them free and change the whole world. How many have done it down through the ages? And yet some of them, God got a hold of them. And now they'll tell you a different story. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll tell you like Paul, I was once on the persecuting side, but not anymore. I met him. I know him. He's changed my life. And if we don't understand this... And learn how to live this out. And you watching through the internet. This is for you too. You've got to know what to do. you got to know what's happened in you. you got to know what God has done. You can't fall back on, well, I just listen to you once every while. Once in a while I listen every Sunday. Or, or I come to church or this or that. And, you know, I, that, that, that's all I need. No, you're going to need more than that. You gonna because Monday when you go to work, the devils come and show up on your job through somebody, and that's where you got to know how to live it out. That's where you got to know how to walk this thing out. So the struggle with sin, the answer to the struggle has been given to us, but yet so many people are not getting it. Many people they're not hearing it. And then you have those who, who are hearing it, but just kind of, I don't need all that. I'm good. Family's great. Money in the bank. Kids are doing okay. Well, you just hold on because the tornado's coming. <laughs> Your house is going to get messed up. You're going you're gonna to get tested because, and, and if you can't ignore when things come, you cannot ignore what God is trying to do in you. You can't ignore what God is trying to reveal to you. I know we tried this in the early years. Well, if I just, you know, I repent, I'm sorry for what I said, and I'm sorry for what I did, and, and I'll just be a better Christian, and I'll pray more, and, I, and I'll do and I'll just kind of just put that to the side, only to find it comes back. So I got to know what to do with these issues? How do I overcome anger? How do I overcome jealousy? How do I overcome envy? How do I overcome pride? I don't need that. Pride. How do I overcome the works of the flesh? Because this is where God's children are, many of them. They're safe, but there's a struggle going on. And Paul understood this perfectly because he himself lived right through it. He's the man, a preacher of the gospel, 
People can't get over that. A preacher of the gospel struggling with sin. A boy, if a preacher does something wrong, boo, bye, get out. You messed up. We don't want you here. God didn't kick Paul out. Matter of fact, he gave him the answer to his struggle. And we know that from Romans chapter 7, this is where he found himself. When he wrote this in Romans 7, he wasn't going through this then. He had already been through this and he was given the answer to this dilemma to these Christians who needed to know what to put their faith in. Because he says, hey, I have been there. And because I've been there, look, I can save you all some trouble. You heard Brother Swaggart, haven't you? He said, I, I went through a lot of stuff, but God has, God's using it for the good these days, and He can help save a lot of Christians a lot of trouble if they'll just listen. And understand that Jesus Christ didn't die just to save them, but he also died to deliver them from the bondage of sin and to break the power of that sinful nature that we're born with. And in the midst of Romans chapter 7, we find him saying things like this. He said, for the good that I would do, I do not. The good that I would do, I do not. And he said, but the evil which I would not, or the evil that I don't want to do, listen to this, this is coming from a Christian. Can y'all believe this? The evil that, that, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Mm. You know what he says? I found myself in a position, loving God, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, preaching the gospel, finding myself being overcome by sin in my life, and I thought that the answer to it was to trust in me, who I am, or what church I go to, how much knowledge I have of the law, or, you know, anything that just that kind of evades the real issue, and I put my trust in myself. He says, I did it. I got saved. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I got set on fire. Man, I saw people getting saved. I saw people getting healed. But in my own life, there was a battle going on. I found myself doing things that I did in myself. I didn't want to do. But I had no control over it. I was being dominated by something greater than me. Christians can't get They just don't believe that. But let me tell you something. It's called the law of sin and death and if you don't understand the difference between the law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death you're going to live there the thing I hate or that what I that I don't want to do I find myself doing it and he said now if I do that that I would not it's no more I but sin that dwells in me. Oh, here. Here's the problem. He says, okay, I realize what it is. It's sin. 
Why don't we just call things what they are instead of calling it a disease? Why don't we just call it what it is, that thing that's controlling us, and say, Lord, I need deliverance from it. He said, it's sin that dwells in me. So he recognizes that he's not saying, I'm relieving myself of responsibility. It's not me. It was him. But what he was saying was, there was something more powerful pushing him to do that which he didn't want to do. He didn't quite understand it until the Lord showed him. He said, it's sin that dwells in me. But then he said this, he said, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. You know what that tells us? Every one of us, you still have a sin nature. You ain't some whole divine being, not tainted, and all full of Jesus every single second, we still have a sin nature. That means, so what that means is we're still capable of sinning. We're still capable of being dominated by something. Because we're all born with it. But what we got to understand is that the power of that sin nature has been broken. That's why our life changed. At salvation, when you got saved, you didn't understand it. You didn't know anything about this. None of us did. Come on, y'all. You didn't know this, and I didn't know this. I just knew, man, there's been a change in my life. I don't want to drink anymore. I want to stop cussing. I want to stop smoking. I want to stop doing everything that offends God. I don't want to do those things anymore. That's evidence that you have been born again. If you don't have that, get saved today. Because you've just been religious. And at salvation, nobody understands what happened. Nobody. I didn't. You didn't. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't hear this. There wasn't no SBN when I was a heathen teenager. All it was was Mama and Jimmy swaggered on the television. But I didn't want to listen to either one of them. I didn't read the Bible. My dad put us on that little church bus. So you heard the story when we were kids. And went to a church. Used to sing those little Sunday school songs. Some of the ones we sing here. I still remember singing some of them. A heathen little wild boy in church. But I didn't read the Bible. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't want a Bible. I didn't even own a Bible. Until I got saved. So I didn't know anything about what happened to us the day we got saved, January 31st, 1999. I had no clue. I just knew, boy, my whole world had changed. I knew something was different. And man, boy, what a turnaround. With our my wife, what a turnaround. I mean, what a turnaround. What a change, I mean. And you could feel it. You knew it. I knew something was different. 
and things stop and you, you stop going certain places and nobody had to tell me. Because the Holy Spirit moved in. That's what happens at salvation. So I didn't know anything. But see, if you're going to go on and live for the Lord, you got to know something. You ain't going to be able to claim ignorance. Because see, God, God will bless you. He'll touch you. He'll do things in your heart even when you don't even know. What has happened? But at some point, he's going to lead you to the place where now you need to learn doctrine. You need to learn what has happened to you. Because if you don't, when you start failing, not if, when, when you start failing as a Christian, when you cuss again when you slip off and drink again when you do whatever again that's contrary and wrong and sinful and you get convicted over it and you feel bad and you go to God and you say oh God forgive me I'm sorry I shouldn't have done that please help me Lord and forgive me and you experience His touch, you experience His love, you experience His mercy, and you experience that you experience forgiveness. You you have a sense of okay, God has forgiven me of this. But if you don't know what to put your faith in, if you don't know what to put your trust in, you are going right back where you just came from. Because forgiveness is not deliverance. Forgiveness is not deliverance. Forgiveness is forgiveness. The deliverance aspect is to set you free from it. The forgiveness is to release you, forgive you, cleanse you, the deliverance is to set you free from it. And this is where the church is today. They don't know anything about it. They think laying hands on somebody is deliverance. No, it's not. Deliverance is in doctrine. Deliverance is in what you know, what you understand about what Jesus Christ has done for you. So to understand that, we got to understand, look, we still we have a sin nature. And when we do wrong, that's our problem. And somewhere or the other, sin is ruling us in some way or the other. But if we don't understand how this power has been broken, what we'll do is we'll try to come up with our own method to deliver ourselves. Like I did. Pray more. Read more of the Bible. You hear Brother Swaver talk about that stuff, don't you? Sometimes you just think, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know what? I can say, I lived that, I did that, I tried it, I did. 
That's exactly what I was doing in the midst of my failure, Miss Grace. I said, I'm, I'm, and I would tell God, I'm going to read more today. I'm going in that room. I'm going to get on my knees, Lord. I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to pray longer. That's exactly what I was telling God to try to get through the things that I was facing and only to find out it didn't get better. It got worse. Because what I did, what I was doing, was making myself a law. Okay, God, to make sure that I free myself from this, mm -hmm. here's what I'm going to do. And God's saying, boy, don't you, you need, you need to, I'm going to get you there, but you need to realize you're trying to do what I've already done. You just need to learn what I've already done. Come on, somebody. You just need to learn. You need somebody to take you to the Word of God. You need somebody to take you to Romans 6. You need somebody to show you what I've already provided for you. I didn't just send my son to die for you to save you. I sent him to deliver you from any and every bondage the devil tries to hold you under. I need, I want to reveal this to you. So if you would just stop saying, I'm going to do this and I'm I'm going to do it. And you would just get somewhere or get under a ministry where somebody can take you to what's already happened to you if you just get down to Baton Rouge because I've already revealed it to my servant that's been through a struggle for years. He's got the answer and I'm going to give it to you and you ain't going to copycat him. I'm going to make it real to you. You're going to experience this but you're going to experience the victory so that you can preach to those in your church and those through the camera and tell them Jesus didn't die just to save you. He died to deliver you from the bondage of your flesh. And I was ignorant, prideful, hard-headed, stubborn, not going along with what God was trying to get me to understand for a while because I thought I needed to do it. And all I was doing was making a law for myself. Okay, Lord, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. Putting myself under law. That's what I did. Putting myself under law. I'm going to change myself by what I do. Hmm. No, you're not. The change is only going to come as you understand what Paul understood. You have to. There's no way around it, Christian. Sometimes I feel like, Lord, I'm beating a dead horse some here sometimes. Lord, do they believe me? Do they believe this is real? Does anybody really want this, Lord? Are they really listening? Do they... Are we really applying this? Because if we are, then we gotta be able to give it to somebody else. We got you gotta be able to give it to somebody else. Look, everybody don't want the answer. Okay? Everybody don't want your answer. Because everybody ain't sick of sin. Some people like it. They like what they're doing and they don't want you to tell them they're wrong. But I'm talking to the people that don't like it. 
I'm talking to people that's got a Holy Ghost fire in your soul that when you do wrong, the Holy Spirit convicts you and you go, oh, Lord, help me. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to live. Lord, get this. Get the flesh out of me. Get mama and daddy out of me. Get ancestors out of me. Get church of God out of me. Get Baptist out of me. Get it. Get religion out of me, Lord. And make me into the image that you want me to be. When I'm finished, I want to be a vessel made of pure gold. I don't want to be looking like anybody else in the church. I want to be looking like Jesus. And if that's going to happen, I've got to understand how God does it. Sin is still present with us, but it's not supposed to have control over us. Because Jesus broke his power on the cross. Paul said, I delight... I delight in the law of God. I just stated to you, I did too, and you did too when you got saved. Don't tell me you did. Look, things you once hated, now you love. Things you once loved, now you hate. You want to live right? You want to do right? Come on. People you did wrong to before you got saved, if God gives you the opportunity to look them in the face, you'll say, oh, I just want to tell you I'm sorry for what I did. There's the evidence of a born-again Christian because the first thing God does is He puts love in your heart. Love. Love for your enemies. Love for your ex. I don't mean in the wrong way. I mean a true love for people's souls. You don't want to see everybody die and go to hell. Love. That's the hallmark of a true born-again Christian. They love everybody. Don't mean you agree with everybody, but you have a love for the lost. You love, tonight I'll be on some of this, you love your neighbor. And I ain't talking about the one that lives right next to you. Love. you you, you run into your old friends and you say, oh, let me tell you what's happening. You know why you do that? Because love is working in your heart. You want them to have what you have. You don't want them to go to hell. You want them to know the truth. You want them to be set free. Most of them ain't going to take it, but you want them to have it, don't you? He said... I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members that is warring. Here it is. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. He says, I have a delight. I have a desire inside to live for God and to do that which is right. But on the other hand, also inside of me, There is a war going on. I'm being pulled. I'm being pushed in areas to do things that I don't want to do. And I'm being brought, listen, into captivity. Jesus brought me out of bondage. And now the flesh, the sin nature, wants to try to bring me back into it. 
So if you don't understand what we're talking about, that's where you'll go. You'll go into sin. You'll go into captivity in some area of your life and you can be saved. You can love the Lord. You can go to church. You can sing. You can preach. You can shout. You can go to work. You can do all the things. But if you don't understand this doctrine of the message of the cross, you're going to be held captive of Satan in some area of your life. So he realizes what's going on. Why? Because the Lord showed him. He's showing him. He's already shown him, but he's now telling us what happened. So I've got a desire to live right. The Holy Spirit's in me. He lives in me. He's moving me to want to live right, but I also am experiencing another law. The law of sin and death that Jesus died to break. It's ruling me. And I don't know why it's ruling me I never I never thought I would ever say that word again I never thought I would ever do that again I never I told God I would never do that again and look what I did because I have put my faith in myself Come on, y'all. I have put my faith in my church. I have put my faith in my confession. I have put my faith in my law. This is exactly what Paul experienced because he did it. And he says, O wretched man that I am. Don't sound like a happy, victorious Christian to me. Don't sound like life more abundant to me. Oh, can you believe that a preacher had enough gall to write down in the Bible that he was wretched? Can you believe that a Holy Ghost-filled man of God that was set free by the power... What are the preachers today? who would stand up and look at a camera, stand in church and say, you know what? I've been there. I've been there. And I ain't afraid to admit it. But you know what? I don't stay there. Come on, somebody. You've been there. Look, Paul had been there. He'd been there, but God brought him through it to reveal to him what it was he needed to know. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I'm experiencing death. I love God. I go to church. I shout. I praise God. I sing. I I preach. But when I get home, when I go to work, I'm finding that there's an area of my life that Satan is bringing me into captivity. And I don't want to live there. And I keep telling God I'm sorry. And I, I, I believe He forgives me, but I don't believe Jesus died for me to live dominated by the flesh. Lord, oh wretched man that I am, who, who, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Lord, I know the answer is in a man. I know the answer is in you. Help me.
me to understand it. And the next verse he said, I thank God. Come on, I thank God. He gave me the answer through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. I thank God that when I was struggling and the devil was just about to destroy me and telling me I'm going to kill you, I'm going to wreck your testimony, everybody in church is going to laugh at you just when I was about to go down. I thank God that Jesus Christ revealed to me the answer. The answer is in Him. I thank God through our Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord, is He your Lord? That He is the answer. Hold on, hold on. That's right, that's right. I believe it's Jesus. It's Jesus, it's Jesus. But it ain't just Jesus. It's what Jesus did. You gotta understand. Listen, you gotta understand this. You got the first part. Many people, they got the first part. Jesus saves. I'm saved. I'm saved. They got that. But the second part is what they're missing. Paul said, we preach Christ crucified. He didn't say we just preach Christ. We preach Christ crucified. Because, see, it's the crucified part you got to understand. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Did you not know that it was for you? Did you not know that as many of us as have been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Did you not know? No, I didn't know, but thank God God got somebody to tell me. Did you not know when you got saved? No, you didn't. Well, you got somebody telling you now that when you got saved, that God said at the very moment you cried out to Jesus and repented of your sins, the power of God entered into your heart. At the very moment you did, you in God's eyes were crucified with Jesus Christ. The old man, come on somebody, was put to death with him. Look come on, the old man was buried. All your sins, everything you ever done, all your wickedness, all your blackness, all your perversion, all of your darkness, all we we don't even need to talk about that. All of your bunch of black wicked sins were put in a tomb with him. He said, I'm washing them all away. I'm burying every one of them. And when he was raised up from the dead by the power of God, Paul said, we were raised up with him. The power that raised him from the dead brought me out of the grave, saved my soul, freed me from the bondages of sin. And thank God I ain't an alcoholic anymore because I've been raised up by the power of God. Because of his power, not me, it's his power. Did you not know in Romans chapter 6, 3 and 4, that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into, look, his death. Therefore, we are buried with him. 
You bury something you don't want to see again. I thank God, Lord, keep him buried. Keep the old Thomas Climber buried. Come on, somebody, keep him buried. I don't want to see him. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to have no... Lord, keep the old man buried. The old man has been buried with him, and a new man, I said a new man, has been raised up by the power of God to walk, listen, to live in what? Newness of life. That is why you're walking right. That's why you're living right. That's why you ain't going where everybody else are going. That's why you ain't, you don't jump on everybody's bandwagon and just says they can do whatever they want to do as a Christian. Because you know better than that. Because Jesus died to bring you out of sin, not to let you live in sin. And He did it through the cross. Death, burial, and resurrection. And we get to experience the benefits. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, Paul said, shall quicken your mortal body. (laughs) Oh, if you only knew who was living in you, if you only knew the power you have, you only knew. But see, that power is not automatic. It ain't, I I just believe in Jesus and now I got the power. Uh Uh-uh. Don't work like that. You got to understand all this. You got to know what to put your faith in. In order, if you want to keep the power flowing and the power moving and you overcoming temptation, you got to stay hid in the one who delivered you in Christ. And you do it by faith. So when we get to Romans chapter 8, I'm skipping a few things in there, but it's okay. There is therefore... Now, no condemnation to them. Paul says, boy, I'm glad I know this now. (laughs) There is therefore now. Thank God, since I learned the answer, the answer ain't in me, the answer ain't in the church, the answer ain't in religion, the answer is in Jesus Christ and what He did at the cross. And because I understand this now, there is right now in 2024 no condemnation. The devil can't hold a guilty verdict over me any longer. He can't hold my past over. He can't hold yesterday's past or 30 years past because there is no condemnation. I'm not guilty, not because I say I ain't guilty, but because God says I'm not guilty because I am in Jesus Christ. There's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. See, now he knows what to trust in. Now we know what to put our trust in. No condemnation, no guilty verdict. But hold on. To those who walk not after the flesh. See, we had to stop there for a minute. Because again, this ain't automatic. Boy, I got the message and man, I've been changed and you will be. But hold on. If you don't learn what walking in the spirit is versus walking in the flesh, you're going to go back. Walking in the flesh means you're putting your trust in something else. You're, you are putting your faith in the wrong thing. And when you do, look, God designed this so that these two laws work. 
The law of the spirit of life works, but it only works as you continually trust in Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross. Luke 9, 23, what did he say? If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. You can't do it just on Sunday, daily. Because out there, you're going to face a real devil. We may not see the devil in here on Sundays. You may not experience any temptation whatsoever. We just feel like it's heavenly angel wings floating all through the building and everything's all great and good. But when you go out back out to the real world and you get tempted, you get tested, you got to know this so that you're able to overcome the temptation. So it's to those who walk not after the flesh... But after the Spirit. So those, so walking in the Spirit has nothing to do with what you do. Walking in the Spirit, well, they watch television, they're in the flesh. Wrong. They go out to a secular event, they're in the flesh. Wrong. Not what the Bible says. Walking in the flesh means you're putting your trust in something other than what Jesus did. That's exactly what Paul has just laid out. And let me tell you, if you get this right, if you get it right, when you go out into the world and you dabble or you want to go somewhere and you want to do something and it's not pleasing to God, I'll guarantee you the Holy Spirit will light you up and he'll say, you just don't need to be here. You don't need to be a part of this. And it won't be because somebody made you or told you, it'll be because you got a conviction inside. Because when you're walking in the Spirit, you're trying to be sensitive to the Spirit. But see, if you're in the flesh, you're going you're gonna to end up right back in the same scenario that you were in before. So it's, just, it's not automatic. you got to know this. you got to believe this. you got to apply this out there. Outside. Look, this message don't make you self-righteous. It don't make you all puffed up and proud. Look, if anything, it brings you down. It, you, you're the, in other words, you be the same everywhere you are. If I see you out in town, I hope to see the same person I see sitting in church. Hey, Brother Thomas, how are you? Praise the Lord. Talking about the thing. I hope that you're still the same person out there. We all should be like that. I'd hate to think that I saw running into somebody from church out in town and walked by them. Hey, how you doing? They just kept walking by me and put their nose up in there and didn't speak to me. And then they come to church on Sunday. Hey, pastor. Why you two-faced thing, you? Are you serious? There's the evidence you don't have it. There's the evidence you don't have it. Because when you have it, you're genuine. You're the same. I didn't say you're perfect, but you're the same. You don't change from location to location. That's religion. He said, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There's the answer. The law 
of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. See, you can't get away from that term, in Christ Jesus. When God began to reveal all this to me, going to camp meetings in Baton Rouge, you've heard me tell this, I would go and sit in those pre-camp seminar classes where they would teach for 15, 17 hours with Brother Lauren Larson. And I'm telling you, in the beginning, my flesh was getting cut up so bad. Like some of you here today, some of you watching, the flesh was getting hit. And you inside, you know it's the truth, but you go, yeah. And I would do that, but I would hear him say things, and I was like, Ugh. but the Holy Spirit said, you know it's the truth. Here's your aunt, this is it. Now you've been crying out to me, and you won't help. Here's your help. It ain't gonna come in form of somebody laying hands on you, knocking you on the floor. It's gonna come in the form of you allowing yourself to be taught the truth. I had to work through all the. To get to the place where I can say, oh, praise the Lord. Yep. That's right. That's the truth. Lord, yeah, that's me. Lord, change me. Yep. That, uh, yeah, Lord, that way of thinking that I had beforehand. Yep. It's wrong. Lord, get it out of me. That stuff I heard from that church we were going to before. Lord, yep. I see now it was wrong. Lord, get it out of me. Come on, y'all. Oh, I see now I got error in my belief system. Oh, God, get it out of me. Oh, here's my problem. It's doctrine. I messed up in what I believe, and I need to let you straighten me out and get all the leaven out of me. Come on, y'all. Some of y'all going to have to let the Lord get the leaven out. Come on, let Him get the leaven out, and I promise you, you'll be a whole lot more happier. You'll be a whole lot more joyful. And you cringe because you've been, you've been hearing something else. You've been trying something else. And then you get confronted with the truth and either you got a decision. Either, oh Lord, help me and, and change me. Or you can sit there and, I don't like what he said. You know, like people in church do from time to time. <laughs> well, I just don't agree with what he said. Can you believe he said that? Well, that ain't the way I was taught. I don't care how you were taught. I want to know, have you been taught according to what this says? Have you been taught right? Because if you're taught right, you're going to be able to live right. You're going to be able, I didn't say you're going to be perfect, you're never going to fail, you're never going to do anything wrong. We also have a sin nature and we still have flesh in us, but we don't have to be controlled by it. You know, some of the things that used to irk you real bad, that you ought to be able to laugh at them now. Some of the things that used to make you blow up everything out of the water, you ought to be able to walk on by now and say, praise the Lord. I'm glad that I'm, I'm not in bondage to that. I'm glad that I don't go off the handle of that. I praise God that He's making changes in my life. You know, ladies, like every time you wash clothes and he walks in there, somebody walks in there after you just cleaned everything and throws more dirty clothes in and you want to just blow the house up? You just clean the house and here come the kids walking through the door with mud on them? What's your reaction? I ain't, 
Look, I didn't say it's right, but what's our reaction? You never thought about wanting to murder your children, have you? <laughs> or your husband or your wife or... I can't explain to you how much change in the Lord has done in my wife since we got saved. You couldn't do anything in the house. You couldn't mess nothing up. You could, Lord help me! Malachi tell him. He said, I ain't living like that. Praise God, me, me got victory. You live in fear that if you do something wrong, you, you put a dish in the sink, you do, and somebody's gonna go off. Come on, y'all. You know I'm telling the truth. Jesus didn't die for us to live like that. He didn't. And a spirit of anger comes over you. And you wanna run everybody out of town. This is why the message of the cross is important. Do you have to get on the people from time to time? Absolutely. Do you have to get after your children? For sure. But how we do it is another thing. How we handle things. This, what I'm telling you today, brings a change in every area of your life. And it's progressive. It happens little by little. And Satan loses you in areas where he has dominated you in the past. And you're being changed. Even to the point that your husband or your wife, you look at one another and say, Man, look what the Lord has done. That's evidence that God is doing the change and not you. You can't change anybody. You can't change yourself. You can confess all the scripture you want, but you're still going to lose your temper. And you can confess, I'll never cuss again. You're going to cuss again. Because the victory and the answer is not in your confession. It's in the cross. That's where the power comes to us to crucify this old man, to change us, to eliminate the things that need to be eliminated in our life. Am I saying we're all perfect? No, but we don't have to live in captivity to sin. I preach to myself as much as I am to you because I have to stay on the straight and narrow too. I have to be careful that I don't let myself get out of control when Satan comes knocking on my door. I have to be careful that I try to do my best to live what I preach to you. I fall short sometimes, but I'm glad I ain't counted out. I'm glad that God doesn't say, well, yeah, you messed up and you told them not to, so you just can't preach anymore. <laughs> no. I don't live under that condemnation. Wrong. We, we are to do everything possible to live our lives right. But we still mess up from time to time. We still, now let me change it, we sin. 
from time to time because we're human beings. But listen, we don't live in sin. We don't live dominated by sin because Jesus broke the power. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. There's the answer. For what the law could not do, your law cannot change you. Your praying cannot change you. Your Bible reading cannot set you free from the bondage that the devil is trying to use to hold you down. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. He said, but what the law could not do, what can law not do? Can't change you. Can't set you free. But God can. God already has by sending His own Son in the flesh. And in the likeness of sinful flesh, what did He do? He condemned sin in the flesh. He broke the power of it by giving Himself on the cross that the righteousness of the law now we can live it out, might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The answer to your struggle is not in you. It's not in your confession. It's not in your church membership. It's not in anybody but Jesus Christ. He broke, I have so much more I want to say, but I'm done because I think you've heard enough. I think you got it. The answer to your struggle is found in the cross. Now, if you'll take it, if you believe it, if you receive it, if you walk in it. And I heard Brother Swagger say this, and I don't think it's wrong. I think you have to be careful with it, though. He said, every day... I say to the Lord, Lord, today, my faith is in the cross. My faith is not in me. My faith, I'm claiming victory today by my faith in the cross. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I think you need to be careful that you don't create a formula, but that you understand that it's the one who died for you and what he did. And your faith is in that. And you can declare that. And when the devil comes knocking... Shut the door. Say, I'm sitting down. I'm seated in Christ, devil. You ain't pulling me out. Amen, Miss Grace, would you come? So you have the answer to your struggle. It's in Jesus Christ. It's in the cross. And look, we have to know this. Because like I said, we're going to get hit out there. And we need to know what to do out there. What to put our faith in. So I want you to stand today. I want you to claim the victory today. I want you to say, Lord, I've heard the truth. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to apply it. I'm going to stand on it. And I'm going to, I'm going to see the devil lose a hold in my life. If you need a touch this morning. 
If you're struggling with something, this is for you today. Come on. And say, Lord, I'm standing today. I believe today that victory is mine. Listen, if you're watching through the camera today, you're in that struggle. You've heard the answer. It's in Jesus. If you're in this house this morning, you're in this church and you're facing battles, Satan has tried his best to wreck you. Today, you've heard the answer. You know the truth. If there's things that you need God to change, I'm going to challenge you to step out, to come or right where you are, to open up to the Lord and say, Lord, I need victory today. I need deliverance today. He's able to give it to us, church. Walk out of this place today with freedom. Walk out saying, Lord, I know the truth today. I've heard the truth, and I'm standing on it. It'll never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain, and it
victory and come back tonight at 530. We'll see you then. There is power, power, services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.